Welcome back to another episode of With the Chiefs. Uh, today we've got with us Dylan Rin, a man who needs no introduction. But in case you've been living under a rock for the last few years, we'll give him an introduction. Uh, Dylan's an absolute animal. He's um, completed some incredible endurance feats the last few years, uh, including in 2020, he ran 100Ks at the Elephant Trail uh, race wearing a 30-pound vest. Um, I think it was a world record. No one's ever done that before. Uh, and then in 2022, he's done 50Ks per day um, for 50 days and raised $11,000 for Beyond Blue. Um, and this year he's ran the Elephant Trail race again and completed 217 kilometers, um, 11,000 and a half meters of elevation um, and become the only person in the race history to complete that feat in 44 and a half hours. Um, I think the event's been going for seven years and Dylan's the only guy who could could do it. Uh, so yeah, welcome to the show, Dylan. Um, keen for this one. Welcome. Thank you very much. Well, let's get uh, started. Yeah, usually um, we kick the show off with a bit of a training update, um, just kind of recapping how our weeks have been going. Uh, how's your training looking at the moment? Uh, pretty good, actually. I'm in the middle of a, um, a prep for Coast to Cozzy, so that's my next race, the, the 240-kilometre, so it'll be the, the furthest I've ever gone, and uh, it's going to be a lot tougher, I reckon, than the Elephant Trail race, really? um, which ended up being, oh, well, my watch said 225, but sometimes it's out, but um, I find it harder to run on road, so Coast to Cozzy being half road, half Dirt, uh, it's going to be a lot tougher on the joints, I think. So I've just been trying to prep the body uh, with that. So my training this week, I am trying to hit around 130 kilometers. I, I don't want to go over that. I just think with my body, 130 is probably the max that I would hit. So I'll just stay around that zone for the next couple of weeks and get my speed sessions in, my trial sessions and some elevation, but mainly road at the moment. Trying mm. to tighten up the joints. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's interesting you say like roads tougher um, than the trails. I thought like most people would be the opposite probably. Yeah. Um, well, I guess you would think that, but then you've got the ups and downs and, you, and you're slow. And like, I find that with the road, you're at that constant pace and you have to maintain that. And then you don't want to keep dying off. And where the trail, you've got that uphill where the pace slows a little bit. I know the effort's probably high, but then you go downhill, you give yourself a breather and you can keep that pace pretty high and, and still gain a, a couple of breaths and then you're back up on the, you know, going uphill. But yeah. the road doesn't, there's nowhere to hide. Yeah, true. <laughs> I guess, yeah, you have to kind of be on it, kind of pedal a bit more the whole way. Yeah, exactly. Um, and for the sessions this week, um, what was the kind of stuff you were doing? Uh, so Tuesdays are uh, my speed session. So I did a, a little bit of a warm up, just a casual uh, three, four k, and then into uh, six by one k efforts. And out here at um, Maitland, which is where I'm training and where I live, uh, it was thirty six degrees, I think. So Jesus. perfect heat training that I needed because I know Coast of is going to be pretty hot before it gets quite cold up the top. <laughs> so uh, that was a good session, and um, just to cool down, and then Wednesday. Just getting, uh, I think I clocked over 
20 to 25 kilometers just on a, a cruisy long run and then thursday is the trail session that we do and just doing um, a couple of loops with some elevation um, a bit harder efforts um, and then today is um this morning was uh, another long run 30 31 k's and and i'll get um i'll go for a jog later on try to get another 10 k's just easy and this works a little different because I'm going out to Uluru. So I have to sort of get that 130 in, but I would normally do a long run on Sunday, but uh, I'm just going to do a couple of double runs and, and get it in. Yeah. So it sounds like today's a pretty big one then like 40 yeah. caps. Yeah. Geez. But um, interesting. You're still like doing some faster stuff, like six by K's. Um, uh, seems like, yeah, more like, quicker 10k almost training yeah well i think um i am one who i'm terrible when it comes to pace i could sit at six minute pace all day but then once i go up to that five and a half five i, I start to struggle after 40k so i just need to work on that turnover and, and the stride and, and just really feel like get that feeling of going hard and fast and and I think doing the one Ks, it, it differs. We go to two Ks next week and it's all in between and got different fart leg sessions. Yeah, right. Sounds like you're ticking all the boxes then, like um trying to. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, what about you, Smitty? How's your training going? Um, me, well, we uh not much has happened since we recorded last time. So I think it was uh Tuesday. Tuesday was probably last time I spoke about training, but essentially just went for a bit of a uh, mix it up a little bit on, on Wednesday did um, first MLR in a while, but it was a little bit slower, but went for like a hilly loop around Cremorne with, um, with uh, two of the Delta runners, Georgia and um, Josh, which was fun to mix it up. Um, and then what did I do yesterday? Yesterday, I just did easy, easy. And then today I did nothing. So I'm having a bit of a rest before we go into, before I go into crewing um, Bondi, Bondi to Manly, which is basically just going to be me driving, driving around. Um, so I'm not the, I'm not the best driver at the best of times as well. So, and the best <laughs> parker. So this will be, this will be super interesting, but um, yeah, I'm looking forward to, being a part of the race and and seeing seeing you and soda and stuff like that come through but um and and obviously chris and colin who i'll be trying to support as well but um overall in terms of my training it's probably done like 55k so far so loading loading the hamstring back up and it's feeling really good so i'm quite happy with with that sort of progress um and then i might i might i plan to do a long run on Sunday, but nothing, nothing crazy, probably just 90 minutes. And hopefully I got physio on, on, on the Monday. So hopefully I can then just start resuming a normal training week, um, in like two weeks time. So yeah, pretty happy overall with what's going on. But, um, yeah. What about you, Dom? How are you feeling leading into tomorrow? Yeah, feeling pretty good. Um, it's good to hear you nice and tapered for the crewing. I think it can be. <laughs> Pretty stressful sometimes. You say it's true, but what? As long as I just get there on time, which 
Again, yeah. that's not my strong suit, but I'm going to aim to be there half an hour early and then just follow everyone around. The one thing I'm worried about is that 62K, if if there's a bit of a split up, um, mm. but like pretty sure everyone should have everything by then. But um, anyway, yeah. How are you feeling, Dom? <laughs> yeah, yeah, feeling good. Um, yeah, at the start of the week, I think when I saw you, I um, was making sushi and had like a one kilo bag of rice and I've pretty much gone through the whole bag of rice this week, which is, um, yeah, a bit over sushi now, but it's it's good. And the week's been pretty cruisy, um, just stretching and jogging here and there. I did... Um, a research study at Macquarie Uni. I don't know if I mentioned that last time, but um, we had the sessions uh, session this time and it was actually pretty hard. Um, it was like you had a weight vest on and you were doing military kind of like uh, standard testing and um, you had to pretty much, much like max out what you could do in three different exercises. Um, so it was kind of like ended up being a pretty intense uh, gym session. But um, that was still pretty good. And it was on Tuesday. I'm feeling a little bit sore today, but pretty much all good to go. <laughs> um, a bit red hot, Dom? Yeah, a little bit. But uh, no, it wasn't too bad. It should be a good race <laughs> tomorrow. Um, yeah, other than that, I went to Delta on Tuesday morning. Um, and that's about it, really. Ready yeah. to, to roll tomorrow, yeah. Are you sort of excited, nervous? What, what, what are, how are you feeling? You, you've obviously got some yeah. experience now, so... Yeah, I think um, after Berlin, I kind of just want to have like a good race. Um, so I don't want to get too carried away and do anything silly. I want to kind of just run strong the whole way, uh, which, yeah, I think Berlin was kind of like a kick in the guts. Like it was this huge opportunity and I let it slip through my fingers a bit by going out too quick and stuffing up the race. So um, tomorrow, like, I don't know, it doesn't really matter what place I come or what time I do, as long as I can just have a good strong run, I'll be pretty happy with it. Yeah. Okay. What's yeah. the plan for pace? Just curious. Or how are you thinking pace, about? It's kind of hard to tell, but um, the first 20 Ks is a little bit hilly. So I think just chill out probably even like 4.30 to five minute kind of pace. And then 20 Ks to um, like halfway 40 k's is pretty runnable so it could probably kick down to like 420s 410s mm -hmm. and then uh i think like 40 k's to 60 k's is like a little bit trickier um more kind of like single track but not too hilly just like kind of uh yeah uh kind of narrow trail the whole way uh so should be able to run that somewhat uh, probably like four thirties again, maybe five minute Ks. And then the last bit's a bit hillier and more technical, which will probably be more like, yeah, five minute Ks. So, uh, I think if I can average like, yeah, I don't know, four forty fives or something for the race, that'd be great. Yeah. I think I threw you under the bus in a group chat saying you were going for like four ten to four thirty pace without realizing that like it's hilly and stuff like that. But, um, All right. <laughs> but yeah, you've corrected well, that here. Yeah. I think in the, um, I did the six hour around the track and I only averaged for, I don't know, I think it was like four fifteens or something. So, um, this is going to be a bit different to that and yeah, I'll definitely go quite a bit slower. Okay. I'll rescind my <laughs> statement then. 
all good though. I'm glad you got my back though. What's the routine tonight, Dom, before the race? What do you do? Yeah, um, kind of like tried to eat like quite a bit already um, in the first half of the day. So then I'll have a still like a decent dinner, but nothing too crazy. And then um, try and get to bed pretty early because the race starts at 5.30. Um, so I probably have to get up at like 4 and um, have, yeah, a, like a double shot coffee or something and then get going. Coffee's always a must. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, back to Dylan. <laughs> Uh, and the reason why we're doing this episode. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dom. <laughs> um, mate, I'd love to hear like how you kind of got started in running because like um, did you play like any sports growing up as a kid or when did you first sort of really get into it? Uh, I did sports at school, but outside of like, I'm a triplet, so it made it much harder for my mum to, a single mum, to get three kids to three different sports because we all are very different people. Uh, so... Outside of school, there wasn't really any sports. So I just did running and every sport event I could during school. Uh, and then, I don't know, I just sort of, I was going through life and, and I just thought I, I was off work uh, with a broken wrist. And I thought, oh, like I've got to do something. I can't just sit around and, and watch time go by. And um, I was on, I think it was YouTube or Facebook or and this this ad or video come up uh, about ultra running and I, I never looked into it. I never realized it was a thing. And uh, so I look up online, I type it in and uh, the soon, uh, the closest one was at uh, the Port Macquarie elephant trail race in 2018. And yeah. it was a couple of weeks away. And luckily I had no idea what it entailed. So uh, otherwise I probably wouldn't have done it. And um I went straight for the the 160 kilometer one, and uh, made my way around. I had some road shoes that I already had, and uh, no idea. I, I I took some food and I couldn't eat any of it because it just wasn't the right food for an ultra marathon. Um, but luckily, there were some pretty incredible people that first year, and they helped me out. And they had some families there that uh, helped crew me, and um, I ended up making my way around and and, and finishing it. And uh, I think only that year, only three people finished the the 160 kilometer um, event, and that sort of ticked it off for me. I was like, okay, this I have to do more of this. This is you get that sort of euphoric feeling where you think you're out and and down, and and all of a sudden you you keep putting that foot in front of uh, the other one, and and you finish it, and just pure grunting it out. And that feeling, I don't think I've ever had that feeling anywhere else. To me, it's that that uh, ultra running is just uh, incredible. So I'm trying to get that feeling, but it doesn't last very long. And I think it was about five minutes. And then you're like, oh, crap, I've got to go through all that again to get it. <laughs> um, and then obviously work took over from there. And, and um, so I didn't do anything until 2020, which is with that weight vest. Um, which was something different. I um, I, I tend to I, I need um more structure because I just sort of show up to the events and then like I can't walk like that in 2018 after that 160 kilometers, I um the adrenaline wears off and I couldn't walk at all and I, I drove up by myself so 
I took a nap <laughs> and then I remember having to go home and I had to fill up the car, couldn't get out the car. Oh, <laughs> and I just was on my knees and I'm, I'm reaching up. Um, I crawl around and, and put some petrol in the in the car. So <laughs> up, put it in. in. And uh, luckily I was the only one there getting petrol. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I crawl in. I, I, I go and I had um, the tap and I reached up and I tapped. <laughs> the lady didn't say anything. She just must have thought, oh, poor bloke, that's how he is. But <laughs> yeah. I like the pain that you get and that's just my stupidity. I, I didn't do any research into it. And yeah, trained for it, so I deserved it. But uh, this year, I, uh, at the end of last year, I had this feeling where, again, where things were just going by, and and it's time goes quick. The older you get, time goes quick, and you think far out. Like I've got to leave something behind here. I can't just close my eyes and I'm eighty and I've got nothing. You know, all these things I wanted to do and and nothing to show for it. And I just made a um. Uh, towards the end of last year sort of made a promise to myself anything that I think of uh, I want to do um because there's no reason why we can't um it's just based on effort and, and the ability to want to so I, I said okay I'm going to challenge myself and do the the 50 kilometers for 50 days and, and and um see if I can teach myself some things and and go through that that hurt a little bit and um I think that was the thing that really shifted everything for me and made me realize like no matter what no matter like how much you're hurting there's always someone going to be hurting more and but if I want to do something I've got no excuse I wanted to do it and everything was hurting but I um ended up finishing it and it's led me to to the realization that well I could do anything and I think that's we all need to realize what we can uh, do anything we want. We've got this this life that we're living in. We're, we're fortunate enough to have, you know, two arms, two legs at work and, and may as well put them to use and see what we can leave behind in the end. And um, then this this year as well, I did the Elephant Trail race, the, the 217. And I um, this time I got a coach because <laughs> I wasn't going to go through that. <laughs> and I've got to give it the respect it deserves uh, being... 217 kilometers you're not just going to show up and get that done so those are the events today and um this coast of cozy will come up and and next year i want to tick off quite a few things yeah that's awesome um yeah you're talking about the 50 for 50 um how like a like life-changing and just mentally kind of strong you had to be for it were there any um like particular moments in the run where you like really have to will yourself out of bed to to get it done or anything that like stood out in particular? Yeah, I think um, I, I didn't prepare my body for, for it, first of all. Um, and hindsight's a beautiful thing and you don't realise you go, ah, oh, 50Ks. But when you stack 50Ks on top of 50Ks on top of 50Ks, your body yeah. takes a, quite a big hit. And uh, I think it was five days in. I was running around the road um, here and it's quite hilly and my Achilles just blew out and um, I would start at midnight and get the 50Ks done and then I would go to work and I'm just walking around work like, I don't know how I'm going to get these 45 days done, my Achilles and, and I'm walking like like I crap myself, like my walk was not good and um, so I, I shifted and um, 
I had a, a well, I had a mate say, well, why don't you run around the oval, like on the grass? And I thought, oh, well, I didn't think of that. Uh, but this oval was 650 metres uh, around, so that means I'll be going around 77 times. Jeez. Um, but it made a huge difference. I, I would get some, um, uh, something like just put at the back of my shoe just to lift my Achilles, shorten my Achilles a little bit and um, obviously strap it. And I uh, think that was uh, that pain lasted to about day 25 and the body sort of switched and said, okay, well, he's going to keep going here. I've got to adjust a little bit and help him out. And it's incredible that switch where you think, oh, far out, I can't go anymore. And then all of a sudden your body is joining in and saying, no, look, we'll get you there if, you, if this is what you're doing. So that little shift halfway through was nice. Yeah. That's nuts. Like, um, it's weird you'd think like it would just be like harder and harder and towards the end would be the worst, but there's actually those first couple of days. Um, and yeah, you mentioned like work a couple of times now. Um, do, do you mind saying what you do for work or? Yeah, I, I'm a uh, correctional officer. So I think it, yeah, day five is when it hit me and then walking in there and knowing that, well, if something happens or I've got to respond to something, I'm, mm. I'm not going to be able to. Yes, so yes. it was two weeks in where I made a decision where I would take just some leave because I'm not going to be any help. If, if something does happen, I'm going to put not only myself and, and the 50 days at Jeopardy, but also other other people. So uh, that was a, a great decision because then it allowed me to get the proper rest and I'm not doing those extra uh thousand steps on my on my feet every day yeah definitely um that's yeah like kind of pretty tough call to make i guess like um seeing as it's like a pretty physically demanding job and then to do your training stuff on top would yeah definitely be a a tough decision um and your achilles like how did it pull up after the run did you have any like ongoing kind of injuries or yeah so even now it's still not 100%. 100%. It's uh, it still irritates me on, on the longer runs. Uh, it is getting a, a lot better. Uh, I don't need to strap it or um, have the heel inserts in anymore, but uh, every now and then I'll feel it uh, where it gets a little bit tender and a little bit swollen, but nothing compared to the, the initial first few days with it. So I know what it feels like to be uh, at its worst. So this is yeah nothing to compare yeah geez that's awesome um and then i guess moving on to like this year's elephant trail race was that just like i know you had the the confidence in you from that that it was kind of a bit easier or like how'd you find um that run yeah much much better with the training that certainly helped um and i think what the 50 days did for me is okay, like I'm hurt, but I have to, like, I have to finish it. So I have to keep going, even if I am hurting mm. and that, that mindset of, okay, I'm in a bad place, but if I just keep moving, everything's going to sort itself out and be okay. And I think taking that over into ultra running uh, is uh, what's important because I think mindset is going to make or break who you are. Um, yeah. You need the fitness for the distance, but it all, as you will know, it comes down to how bad you want it and how much do you want to endure the pain because it's going to hurt at some point. It's just if you're ready to do it or not. And I think that gave me that that confidence. 
that, okay, when this goes bad, just remember how you felt during the 50 days and, and remember how there was a switch and just hope that that switch comes. And, and um, with that training that I did before, I, I knew I, I always knew I was going to get it done. I originally actually put in to do the 160. And I think four weeks out, I decided, well, no one's done the 217 yet. And I kind of want to see if I can do it. Um, so I just, yeah, shifted, I think, yeah, four weeks out and uh, put in the work. And, and thankfully, it all paid off. Got close to the cutoff time, but we made it in. That's all that matters. Still half an hour is a while, though, isn't it? Well, I don't know. It's one wrong. Uh, it's a loop course. So yeah. there was laps and... I had my partner there who was my, my crew chief and she was passing off food. So without her, I think that half hour would have uh, dissipated and, and I probably would have been over. So she made it quick for me and, 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 and made it, uh, well, I, I put it down to her that I, I finished in time. And then also with the last two laps, you get to have your paces. Yeah. And, and I put it down to them that they're the only reason I finished. So thank, thank God they were there. Yeah, that's nuts. And um, how did you go like running through the night and stuff like that as well? Did you sleep much or? No, I, um, this race is is different. It starts at 5.30 p.m. So I didn't get the greatest sleep Thursday night. Uh, so I was already, I woke up early, I think just just nerves and and you know that you're going to put yourself through a long time of running I think it just gets to you and you I didn't have a good sleep and then I tried to get a nap in during the day I was laying down for uh, what felt like forever probably two and a half hours nothing just <laughs> close my eyes couldn't fall asleep so I'm up all day and then um got started so it started at night which I actually really enjoyed uh and during the day it just felt like like the sun would rise and it felt like two hours later the sun was going down like I don't remember the days really at all it was just night um which was a lot cooler it was good for me um uh so that was good but I tried to get in a I think I was on lap six and I tried to get a five minute nap in at one of the little minor checkpoints and um didn't work so I've got to go this is it yeah that's nuts um how was your like your mind like we kind of I don't know losing it a bit towards the end or um we still yeah. thinking it was great yeah I think um well lap six lap six was the toughest lap um I started vomiting and I couldn't keep anything down I couldn't even drink water yeah. uh, so I was trying to run and then just having to stop and, and real severe vomiting and then nothing was coming out uh, so I was just thinking to myself, well, how the hell am I going to get this done? I, I can't put anything in the body. I've got 80 Ks to go and I'm in all sorts. Oh, and uh, so I just said, I, I quickly made this, the decision. Well, if I pass out, I pass out and I'll just keep going until I pass out. If, if I can't put food in, I don't want to stop it here and pull it. And so, um, luckily I didn't, I didn't pass out. Obviously I got to finish. But um, I picked up my pace on that lap seven. So all I needed to do was get around, finish that lap, and then I'll be picking up a pacer. And that, yeah, that changed everything. But obviously sleep deprivation kicked in. And I was 
wasn't much of a conversationalist, so <laughs> apologies to him. And uh, but I got to um, lap seven. I started seeing these trees and what I thought were in trees, and I've never had that feeling where it's you. You think you're seeing something, but you know it's not there, but you can't not see it. Really, jeez. Yeah, and I was like, oh, what's that up ahead to everyone? Like, no, deal. There's nothing there, mate. So wow. just, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Like animals or or whatever it was, yeah. yeah. Obviously, there were no animals there, but yeah, that was that. That's a that was a funny feeling. Yeah, that insane. And um, obviously, you didn't try and drive home after that one, or no? I had um, so I went. I drove up in the RV that we had um, with my partner. And the plan was for me to drive back afterwards. Seriously, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, her her mum and dad come up, and I didn't know I, I got to see them at the finish line, so that was pretty special. Yeah. And uh, her mum, <laughs> her mum offered to drive home. Thank God. Yeah, good idea. I love that story about trying to fill up the petrol. Though. Oh yeah, well it's good to remember, but damn it hurt. <laughs> And um, yeah, you mentioned like uh, getting a coach and stuff. How did your um, training kind of change uh, from like what you were doing before? Well, it was during the, the 50 for 50 because um, I have no idea when it comes to running. I still got no idea. I just, I need someone to tell me, hey, this is what structure looks like and this is what a proper training plan looks like and this, and then you've got to trust the process, which which I did, thankfully. And, um, but I was, um, during the 50 days, obviously I was going through some shoes. So I would go down to the Pure Shop at Maitland. And that's where I met uh, Ben Kubra. And I didn't know at the time, but um, we got to talking, obviously, each time I went in and he coaches. And um, I decided to join that, uh, the Strokes No Limits coaching that he does. And that's where everything sort of changed and, and Oh, it was a yeah, godsend. So it, it's crazy how it, the world works where I'm doing my thing and I'm coming in and, and buying some shoes and all of a sudden I'm a part of a, a running group that's literally got me to be where I am now and, and thankfully finishing the elephant trail race. So I wouldn't have done that without the group because it keeps you more accountable when you go out with people and, instead of being on your own and when you get a list of you know, your weekly workouts, you've got to tick them off to, you know, make make the coach proud, not only yourself. So that was good. And, and obviously trusting the process, which gets you from A to B. Yeah, definitely. It's good to have like, yeah, someone in your corner, even like um, it probably doesn't matter too much what the actual training is, but even just having someone kind of, I don't know, looking over your shoulder saying, are you doing this? And then making sure that you're not doing, making any dumb decisions. I think that, um, yeah, every time I've had a coach, it's been pretty good. Yeah, you're um, more accountable. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, what did you do for um food and stuff during the the race? Did you have any sort of principles that you were trying to stick to, or? Well, I still need to really work that out. I've got to change a few things for this uh, next one. But I uh I trained with Morton gels and and Tailwind. Uh, so those were the two main things that I sort of uh, were using. I'd banana bread, bananas, Coke. Every lap I would would come around and be oh, thinking about that Coke and that would be incredible. 
Uh, so I got to enjoy that. And I, after lap six, I just I couldn't do anything. And this is a, a little funny fact, but I hate mashed potatoes. Really? I, can't, I can't stand it. It <laughs> makes me gag. But I can have boiled potatoes, which turn to mash in your mouth. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's different. But I think they had mashed potato there. <laughs> and, um, I was able to yeah eat that well I had to so I was forced to so the last, that's the last thing you want yeah <laughs> yeah for the last two laps a lot of salt and and uh potatoes <laughs> and that's I was able to work yeah yeah there you go but that could have been the worst part of it all yeah is it like a, a texture thing like I think it is way. because it's just like I just eat it and it's just that automatic it just makes me want to go yeah right different (laughs) (laughs) um are there any other foods that you kind of um i don't know just in your general diet that you kind of eat or any um i don't know sort of uh requirements that you follow not really i have thought about i do need to put more emphasis on my diet obviously diet is a very important thing and and with inflammation and whatnot but no, I tend to I tend to eat everything. Yeah. I need to. Uh, I probably need to do better with that. But at the moment, I enjoy the food, so it's hard to give it all up. Yeah, definitely. I think when you're like running as much as you are, like you kind of need to be eating a lot anyway. So yeah, you yeah. just have what you like. Yeah, it's a perfect excuse to eat whatever you want if you're trying. To- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably not the best advice, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I guess like what about uh the shoes that you use like while you're running? Have you got anything um that you kind of go to or you have a preference towards? Yeah, well I was I used the um Hoka Speedgoat fives during the Elephant Trail race. Um I did want to try the Mafados out, but the the pair I bought a few weeks out uh weren't true to size, so I found them to be a little bit bigger, so my foot was sliding a fair bit in them. Oh, uh, yeah. which, uh, the Elephant Trail race, if anyone knows, is is quite rocky and steep, and there's two k of creek bed every lap. So foot position is quite important. So if my foot's sliding in in a shoe, then it's not a good idea to use. So I had to stick with the speed goats, which they were great. Uh, they were probably a little over worn by the time I got to the start, but they did the job. Yeah. And um, just jogging around for your training, are you mostly wearing them as well? Or do you have a few other shoes in the lineup? I have a few other shoes. I um, Sacconi's, um, trying the the On um, oh, yeah. Cloud Monster, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Don't hold me to it. I don't know if, if that's the name. Uh, and they're, they're, they're really good, those shoes. I'm, I'm just trying, I, I need a higher raise um in the back uh just with my achilles i find if i'm right. too low to the ground then it flares up a bit more so the, yeah the, those are the two shoes that i'm using at the moment and the brooks glycerin yeah okay um and any other kind of food hacks like do you take any uh, protein powder or um supplements stuff like that I do. I, I take some protein powder. I take Tailwind Recovery after my long sessions. So oh, yeah. I try to get that in as soon as I can and, and get the recovery going as, as quick as I can. 
Um, and then just when it comes to uh, just like fish oils and magnesium, just your basic stuff, nothing too special. Yeah. For me, yeah, is, is um, probably not the main focus, which probably needs to creep forward and, and become quite a big focus. Yeah. Um, do you do any like gym workouts on, I guess like in your job, you probably have to be. Yeah, I was um, before this prep for Cozy, uh, I was going quite regularly. And, um, but at the moment, I think, well, I'm trying to get all this running in uh, and around work. Any upper body at the moment isn't really going to help me for, for the run. Yeah. Uh, so it's just focusing on the legs and, and strengthening my ankles and, and my knees and my hips and, and the muscles surrounding them. So the, at the moment, the focus is uh, just, just legs. And that's Monday night and, uh, and occasionally Wednesdays. And yeah, so just minimal at the moment. Yeah. Oh, it's better than most runners. <laughs> yeah. Including me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, and other like running equipment, um, like what pack are you using? Uh, did you use poles at all in the elephant trail? Yeah. So poles were new to me as well. I think I picked them up only a couple of weeks out um, from the race and getting used to that is different. I didn't realize yeah. how difficult it was. And it just felt awkward at the start. And then obviously I, I made sure, okay, I've got to get a, quite a few travel um, sessions in here using these before I start. Um, so I've got a bit better, but uh, they were, yeah, they were pretty good in, in the race because it alleviated the back pain that I would normally get if I'm going uphill because I, I tend to lean too far over. So just Mm-hmm. keeping my body upright and putting um, some of the effort into the arms rather than keeping all the effort in the legs made a huge difference. Yeah. Saving them for the downhills as well. Mm. And, and um, uh, with the pack, sorry, is that, yeah, I just use a Salomon pack. Um, that's got me through a couple of years, so I probably need to get a new one. Yeah, yeah. I think I've got the same one probably. <laughs> um, any other gear like you kind of run with or? That's kind of the setup. Yeah, that's I'm pretty basic. I think like I I don't know much about running at all. I just sort of show up. I, I want to race and I, I do the race, and I just go okay. Well, what's going to get me through it? Okay, poles, a pack, and and shoes. So I just keep it pretty basic. Yeah, absolutely. That um, I'm still I'm not sure if I heard you correct at the beginning. Like the first race you did was that hundred and. 60k race yeah, yeah off like no training no i sort of I, well i had I, I did it with the cast on and <laughs> which <laughs> made it difficult to to eat at times but i um i, well, I didn't know how far 160k's was yeah like, like you drive it but you don't really take notice and i thought oh yeah well 160k's that's that's the longest one that they've got because they didn't have the 217 at that time. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'll do that and, and see what happens. And I found out real quick how far. What, what was it? What was it like? Like, what was that one like compared to the more recent one you did with obviously training? Like, what, how did the, how did the race progress given obviously it's unfolding and it's becoming quite apparent that this is probably not what you expected in the slightest. So I'm just curious what that was actually like. 
Well, they've changed the course since then. So it was a little bit easier, still quite high elevation. But now they have a section which they call Death Valley, which is uh, ridiculous. I don't know why they put that in there. You look at it and you go, how did they get this across the board? Like, how is this safe? But I didn't have to worry about that uh, that first year, thank God, because I wouldn't have got the time. But every lap I was doing, uh, back then it was 25K laps. Yeah. And I had to do oh, six of them, I think. And I was just uh, going around. I was like, far out. These, these, everything feels longer. This hill feels longer. This, it's like someone's <laughs> coming and dump some more dirt and it's steeper. And then um, so the laps just drastically drew out and got bigger. And luckily I had uh, these two people I, w- I was running with that um, they helped me out quite a lot. And, and their crew became my crew, which was good. But the pain on that your joints endure through that is just, that's why I knew, okay, if I'm going to go back there, I, I need to put some proper training in. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> and do you kind of like um, running like a lapped course that you know you can just kind of tick off one lap at a time sort of thing? Or do you reckon it will be better running like point to point? <clears throat> Or in a loop or something? Uh, I've had this like uh, discussion with a few people. Where I definitely prefer looped, I think, because in my head and, and this uh, the race gone, uh, like numbers is just all I think about. I think that passes the time for me. Mm. Is uh, I know, okay, this lap is going to be uh, this much elevation, this far, and then I can sort of control the, the following laps. And it was good because... Um, my partner, who had never been in this situation before, she become, uh, she was sort of thrown out there and, and became my my crew of, of one. And so I could go through some times. Okay, I'm going to be back at this time, and the next lap's going to be this time. The next one's going to be this time. Whereas I think if it was just a out and back or, or one point to another point, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Mm. Uh, so it made it a lot easier for her and. I think even doing the through the 50 days is the 70 laps around the oval that um that become like I could control I felt like I can can uh, control it a bit better mm. and I, I think I get to probably too much in my head when it's a point to point yeah knowing what's ahead or what time and then I start freaking out because now the numbers which I normally go over if they change so I, I yeah I like I like loop tracks much better yeah yeah makes sense no i think it's a good point i think i'm probably the same to be honest i think um running around the track for 12 hours like there was something about it that was like kind of you know what you're in for um all the kind of variables yeah are taken out of it it's it's, it is what it is like yeah um but i think coast to cozy should be interesting um have you got like a, a crew sorted for that or what's the strategy going into that yeah well that's that's going to be my first point-to-point race that I've ever done. Yeah. Uh, so I've got my um, my coach, Ben. Uh, he's going to crew me. Uh, he's crewed there before, so he's uh, got some knowledge on the course. And um, we've just gone through a breakdown of each checkpoint. And thankfully, like, after you get past 25Ks, which is the first checkpoint, um, you have a car that follows you. or okay. And you can have that car stop whenever you want, 3Ks, 5Ks, 10Ks, whatever. So yeah. they'll 
they'll drive around, go up ahead, let's say 5Ks. You meet them there, they can hop out the car, uh, pass you off some stuff, and then you just keep going. I'll see you in another 5Ks. So that part is going to be uh, a lot better because you can get your food in. You don't have to carry as much with you. Mm. And just getting through that first 25 kilometres, but you're fresh and you should be able to do that easy. But, um, yeah, it's going to be much better. But then, obviously, you've still got to put those Ks in the legs on the road. That's that's what I think I would be worried about a little bit. But Yeah, it sounds like you're dreading it. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Well, I know what, what it feels like and I've got to go through it again, but I know how I'm going to feel afterwards, which is going to be pretty special. Yeah. Is there much elevation in um, – obviously, it ends up at the top of Kosciuszko, but – are there any hills along the way? Or? Yeah, I think it's just a, a sort of a steady incline. There's a couple hills, but nothing drastic like the elephant uh, race. Uh, so I think knowing that, it's it's 5,500 metres of elevation. So the elephant oh, trail really? race. really? That's not too yeah. bad. Yeah, it's not too bad. So the elephant trail race being 11.5, I know I get the elevation in my legs. I just got to go the distance. Yeah, right. Jeez. And you finished right. downhill, so there's that to think of. You finish on the downhill. Oh, you go out back. Yeah, that's yeah, you right. go up the top and then back down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I think that was pretty much it for me. Smitty, did you have any other questions you wanted to talk about? Or um, not particularly. I always when I'm always uh sort of reassured <laughs> to stick to the roads for a little bit after hearing about how crazy some of these races are. But, no, um, you're saying the roads are the hardest though. <laughs> yeah, but, but to be out there for so long and doing like you're talking about loops being like a good thing. I I can't I don't, I don't even like running around a track like for a two k for a two k loop. But um, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. Maybe I'll get there one day. But um, no, Dom, I, I don't have anything else. But it just yeah, those the journey so far and running sounds incredible. Especially like I'm still baffled that that was the first race you attacked but it was probably it's probably if anything like much better you didn't know if it like like you said at the beginning like if you knew if you sort of really broke it down in your head it might have um yeah might have been hard to get to that start line but uh yeah yeah i think that was the yeah the the best thing is i i didn't know thank god because you know, i don't think i would have signed up for it if, if someone told me hey mate you're not going to be able to walk for two months afterwards. <laughs> no way. Yes, yeah, so it, it's like crazy that you, you you your body just completely almost shuts down after, but you can still you can still like in that moment will yourself forward, which I don't get. Like particularly like if you if like I remember when I first started doing longer runs, and obviously this is not comparing like <laughs> comparing anything but you're it's like a shock to the body and you kind of like just if you haven't pushed past a certain point you, you you sort of like yeah it's just it's just painful but i don't i don't know how you could with no not much training just push that much further like i can't actually yeah i, I just can't imagine what that was like so but um <laughs> yeah it's wild I think I was just prepared to just leave it all out there. And I think I just made that during that race, I made that switch where I go, okay, I've obviously this is extremely painful and the worst situation I think I've ever put myself in. 
And I just said, I'm, I'm going to finish it and I'm going to enjoy it when I do finish it after I could start walking again. And, um, and it just, the, just that moment that you have where you think you're out and then you keep, keep going and you finish it. Like, I think everyone should experience it because your life would never be the same after that moment. And it's euphoric and it's such an incredible feeling. And I think, like making that decision through the race ultimately changed how I was going to live the rest of my life. Yeah. Have you ever like read or listened to anything from David Goggins? Yeah, all? I have. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> a lot, especially on the 50 days I, I had um, him in the ears. Yeah. Cause he, I remember listening to a podcast and him talking about the like first ultra he did and it sounded it's like a similar sort of thing he like had no idea what he's got himself into and particularly i think it was at like i don't know he had like another 60k i can't remember exactly but his body like just started shutting down and then like but he still willed himself forward and i think his feedback was similar like he didn't know what sort of pushed him to the end but it sounds similar in your situation but like when you're at the what were you just like shuffling or like literally what how did you how did you complete when you had 80 k's to go like what is the scenario there are you literally just walking shuffling i don't even know yeah so this race everything felt really good and and i felt like i had some niggles before like leading up and a few weeks and doing some runs I would hit 40 k's and I felt just every joint just really hurting I thought yeah. oh, I'm gonna get through this race but then all of a sudden I started the race and it was everything come together mm. and I got halfway through and I felt like I hadn't really been running and uh, is an incredible feeling and then um, I hit that lap six and I just think I wasn't on top of my nutrition or something went wrong where I um, yeah, couldn't hold anything in. So after that, and then that's when my body sort of started draining and yeah. I was just losing the energy. So it, it, did, it definitely turned into a sort of a shuffle. And with the poles, I was just keeping the efforts uphill uh, pretty good and because I knew, okay, I can't really run the flats. I can't run the downhills because my knees are killing me. I can try jog. But I, I, I knew if I just kept the efforts uphill, good. Because walking fast and, and running uh, is, is very similar when you're going uphill. You're not really going to lose too much time uh, in comparison to if you slow drastically down on the flats. So I knew the flats and the downhills were going to slow. So I knew I had to keep the efforts uphill. And I banked a few hours at the start. I knew I had to go out hard uh, from the start. And each lap got slower and slower um, just because for me running on the rocks uh, after every lap, I knew my joints were going to blow out mm-hmm. and that's going to slow you down. So I knew I had to bank those hours uh, right from the start. Yeah. And um, was there, there were a couple of other people in the race, wasn't there as well? Did yeah. You, uh, did you run with them much or not really? Uh, there was one that I, I did at the start. Um, and I knew I was just trying to sort of see how he was because he was actually one that I was worrying about before we started. And I thought, okay, I'm going to put a hard first lap out and just see if he can follow me and, and 
I knew, okay, I've got to get halfway through this lap, which is where all the incline was, and uh, see if he's still there. And then, um, and which was a gamble for me as well, because it can obviously go wrong for me. But I knew, okay, I'm going to put out a hard effort. And um, if he's there, he's there, he's, he'll probably stay. But um, if I can get him to go a little bit deeper than he would uh, have, have planned previously, uh, then I might uh, get him to train himself. And I think halfway through, we come back up that last climb and then I started the descent back down to the main checkpoint and he wasn't there. And I thought, okay, well, now it's just me. I've got to maintain this. And so I think, yeah, 14 Ks in, we were running together. And from that point on, it was just, uh, yeah, a solo effort then. You're right. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Um, did you kind of have like down moments and up moments? Like um, it sounds like, I don't know, it was all tough, but like was there any kind of positives out of it or? Yeah, the, the first four laps were incredible and that just, that flew by. I felt like I just went out for just a, a casual run and, and um, yeah, I've never had that feeling before on any run like that uh, where times just pass so quickly for me and obviously that lap six was the low point where mm -hmm. I thought oh, I think I for about a minute there I was thinking oh, if I just stop people are still going to say good effort you know it's all right <laughs> you did it it's a tough course no one's done it for a reason and then I, th I thought what the hell am I doing what am I thinking this and then uh so that was there yeah, that didn't last very long and then from then it was just a painful journey but uh enjoyable so because you have the 217k race, you have the 160k race, the 100k race, the 50, the 25, all on the same course, you get to see so many people and they're going different ways depending what race you're in and what lap you're up to. Uh, you're going uh, either one way or another. And uh, there was pretty, yeah, pretty special to see a lot of people out there. And I think people encouraging, but for whatever reason, trail running and that community is a community like no other. It's everyone knows what you're going through and everyone, no matter how much they're hurting, they're always yelling out, oh, good work, good work. You're doing really well. And I think you don't really get that anywhere else. So you go, oh, look at them. They're, they're happy. Why, why can't I be happy? Let's enjoy the moment. Yeah, I'm hurting, but really it doesn't, doesn't really matter. So yeah, yeah. that got me through. Yeah, what is awesome. your what is your um what does your partner think of these endeavors? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I think she's coming around to it. Um, it's very different for her. Uh, her and her family um, are complete opposites. Uh, they yeah aren't really in the, the fitness scene and, and the running scene especially. Yeah. But um, I think when I said the fifty days to her, she's I think you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> But I knew I had to do it. And then now she's come around and, and she's been, yeah, she's been incredible now. She's made that switch and, and she can see what it means to me. Some Sometimes you just get this feeling where you have to do something. Yeah. And no matter what's said, I think she realized, okay, no matter what I say, he, he's going to do it. He has to do it. In order for him to be who he wants to be, he's got to do it. So that's pretty special. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds very supportive in, in especially after saying something like, I'm gonna do this. this. <laughs> it's probably gonna take, yeah. Obviously, she could see you sort of yeah, yeah, do something you needed to do. 
Um, maybe what would, I guess, ask a, an advice question. What kind of advice would you give to people like just getting into to ultra running advice that you probably would have taken for yourself, say, when you were starting as well? What do you reckon? I think the number one thing is consistency. I think without consistency, then you're always going to come back around to that starting point where you think, oh, this is tough. This is hard. I'm not going anywhere. But you stack a couple of workouts on top of each other. Things start to get a little bit easier and you keep showing up and being accountable. Uh, run with, friend, like with friends if it's easier and, and um, that way you are a bit more accountable. But I think consistency and trusting the process is obviously nothing happens straight away. And that was the hardest thing. Like I wanted to, to run this time and that time and, and have it like at the snap of my fingers. But obviously it takes time to get to a certain point. And throughout the training block that I did for this, this last race, uh, consistency is ultimately what got me there. So if I could pass anything on to anyone, it would be yeah, consistency, trust the process, keep showing up, put in the work. And no matter if you have your bad days, you're, everyone's going to have bad days. You're not always going to feel great, but get what you can in and um, eventually it'll, um, it'll reward you. Absolutely. Dom? Yeah, great advice. Um, I think it's a not a bad note to end on. Um, unless there's anything you want to ask me to you or? No, all good. Easy. Well, um, thanks so much for coming on, Dylan. Like a couple of great stories and insights there. Um, I think, yeah, anyone who listens will walk away with a lot from this. Um, so, yeah, thanks once again for coming on. Thank you for having me on. It's been uh, incredible. I need to get better at the whole um, public speaking thing. So uh, get there one step at a time. But... <laughs> oh, you did great. Mate, you did fantastic. Well, I appreciate that.